Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> you know, I, 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 there is a oh! sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. You found the dogs, John. You found the dogs. He found the dogs. And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Matt O'Han on this Friday evening, the Hebrew Hammer. It is the sick podcast. Very excited because whenever I hear that intro song, that means my weekend has started. This week, though, it means my vacation has started. That's right. I am off my regular day job until August 15th. Uh, just a short eight days, but hey, you know what? I'll, I'll take it. Uh, eight, eight days from Monday, I should say. Uh, so I will Take it. Uh, the Sick Podcast brought to you by Energy Transportation Group, who have recently been named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies, the country's leading business award recognizing innovative and world-class companies. The, the best managed Canadian companies designation fuels energy's purpose of creating progress for our customers, our employees, and our communities. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities and experience the renowned poker experience with free food and drinks and their cash game tables and a bad beat jackpot that is already over $700,000 at playground 2 million uh 2 million 500,000 uh two sorry 2 $2,590,000 was won on August 2nd weekly promotions daily tournaments and unmatched customer service why play anywhere else located just over the Mercier bridge just Miss away from downtown Montreal playground. Also brought to you by La Beta TV, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Beta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Beta TV, embrace your true nature. And by Murphy Clinic, who are an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal as well as a wide range of treatments for. I just scrolled too far for skin problems such as acne, rosacea, fine lines, and more. They currently have two clinics, one located in Montreal's Shop Angus and the second one on the North Shore in Terrebonne. They also have one opening soon in Quebec City. Visit MerckClinic.ca or on Instagram at 
Murphy Clinic. All right, uh, just a quick few uh, life updates. I'm very excited for this upcoming week, not only because it's my vacation, but festival season in Montreal is upon us. So if you are uh, going to be at Oceaga Sunday and you see me, don't be shy. Come up to me and say hi. We could chat Habs for about five minutes before I want to get back to the music. If you're going to be at Guns N' Roses on Tuesday, come and say hi. But uh, don't don't keep the chatter too long. I want to walk out and uh, headbang to some good old uh, to some good old appetite for destruction classics and uh, Metallica on Friday. Uh, if you see me at Metallica on Friday, come up and say hi. But uh, Metallica is my favorite band, so I probably will shoo you away if the conversation uh, lasts a little bit too long. And of course. Natalie, uh, for those of you that know me, I will be at Bill Sonique on Saturday and Sunday. So very, very busy week for myself. I don't know how busy it's going to be for this guy. He's our guest, as he usually is on Friday nights. Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette. Stu, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm actually just wrapping up uh, my first part of my vacation back at work next Monday. But it sounds like you got uh, things pretty well planned out for yourself there next week. Oh, I'm very, very excited. It's funny. I was actually... Um, I, I try to conserve days off at work for some reason, as if uh, as if I'm not supposed to use them. So I, I originally had only taken Monday, Wednesday, and Friday off, and then my boss was like, "You know, I took a look at your schedule, and uh, you got no deliverables next week. You're really going to sit in front of your computer for eight hours for two days and just not do anything?" And I was like. That is a very good point. I will take those days off and just not sit in front of my in front of my computer, enjoy the outdoors. So uh, I don't know how you are with vacation. I'm very very finicky with vacation like that. Use your vacation days. That's the thing. Uh, we work hard enough to get them, so make the most of them. Everybody needs a break now and again. Well, that's it. Um, so uh, two well, two players have been making the most of their vacations uh, this summer. Well, among many, uh, one of them was in the news today. I just actually saw this headline. I literally Googled Canadians just trying to get to their cap friendly page. And uh, I saw Rem Pitlick just proposed yeah. to his uh, just proposed to his girlfriend. So congratulations to him. And uh, another one was uh, Alex Newhook, who has uh being acclimated kind of to a new city. He hasn't spent much time in the city over the summer, but uh, looks like he's going to be, he's a, he's fired up to be a Montreal Canadian. Yeah. It's a summer of love actually for the Canadians. Brendan Gallagher got engaged. Josh Anderson got engaged. Now you got Rem Pitlick getting engaged. It seems to be the thing this summer. Uh, and yeah, Newark, he, he got his first tour of uh, the Bell Center Canadians locker room on uh, Monday. The Canadians had something up on their website. It's interesting because uh, you have to choose a number. And uh, because of all the retired numbers <laughs> the Canadians have, it made it a little bit difficult. He ended up uh, taking number 15, but I think he had worn number 18 and 19 before, and uh, they're both retired, obviously. And uh, so mm-hmm. he ended up with number 15, which, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was his very cock and Yimmy's old number. There you go. I was actually just about to say, Pop Quiz, who was the last person to wear 15 yeah, in yeah. Montreal. Well, um, but Here's another trivia question. There's, there's – He's going to be the fifth Newfie, Newfoundlander to play for the Canadians. Michael Ryder was one of them. Michael Ryder's at the top. Yeah, that's the easy one. The other yeah, ones exactly. are the other ones are a little bit more difficult. One of them wrote a book. Give you a hint. Book. Uh, I'm really bad with these things because it's Terry, funny. The Terry only Ryan. Writer, Terry Ryan. Terry Ryan. Book. Okay, because the only the only, I've only wrote uh, read one book by a Montre- someone a part of the Montreal Canadiens organization, and it was in French. It was Jacques Demers's book. Okay. I read that a while ago. Terry so. Ryan's book was how, something about a first-round bust, or I can't remember the exact title of the book. The other two were Darren Langdon and Brad Brown. 
you could have we could have been on this <laughs> podcast for four hours. Yeah. You could have been giving me you could have given me 20 million hints and I, I still didn't know it off, off my head. I just I saw the Canadians posted on their uh the story that on their website that he's gonna be the fifth Newfoundlander to play for the Canadians. They didn't say who the other four were, so I did a quick uh, search through the data of a hockey DB to find out, and uh, those were the other four guys. Well, you know what? Speaking of uh, pop quizzes and uh, you know just general hockey knowledge, have you uh, delved into this puck doku craze that's been uh, taken over Twitter? I haven't, but my son, who's 22, is into it big time. He was showing it to mm-hmm. me the other day. It, it looks pretty cool. He's, he's hooked on it. I know uh, I imagine a lot of people in his age group are also. Yeah, it's super, super fun. Uh, I encourage anyone who's listening mm-hmm. to to check that out. Daily new Sudoku 3 by 3 square where you have crossover teams. And at the end, it'll usually be like this player also scored uh, 50 goals for this team. Very, very fun. Uh, the lower the uniqueness score, the better. That's what you're going for. Because like today, there was uh, Calgary Flames and Olympian, uh, like an yeah. Olympic gold medalist. Yeah. Obviously, Jerome McGinley right off the top of the head. Well, mm-hmm. you would have gotten a pretty high score because 68% of people answered that. So, um, yeah, my son's very, very fun. And all that stuff, and he's, he's all over that. He was showing it to me actually this morning. Yeah, uh, just uh, as yesterday for our, our viewers that already do play, yesterday was my best score ever. I got a 44, and this could go all the way up to like a 1,000. Uh, one of my answers, it was a cross between someone who played for St. Louis and Pittsburgh Mark Bergevin, that one was loaded uh, in the back of the head. Yeah, well, you mentioned about Newark, though, coming back to Montreal. It looks like a lot of the guys are coming into town around now, the ones who haven't already been here. Suzuki's been here. Caden Gooley's been here most of the summer. Um, Slavkovsky's coming into town uh, soon, from what I've seen on uh, social media. So I imagine these guys will start skating together pretty soon in Brossard. Mm-hmm. So it's coming. summer's coming to an end pretty quick, unfortunately. We're about a month away from the Canes Golf Tournament, which will kick everything off. But I think they'll have a, a fairly sizable group starting to skate pretty soon in Brossard. Uh, and then we'll get more and more players, obviously, as we get closer to the golf tournament, more guys start arriving in town. You know, and you know, you know what I mentioned, uh, speaking of guys coming to town, I mentioned it off the top of the, off the top of the show. I'm excited for festival season. I'm sure a lot of the players are too, because that could be a good way, you know, for there's not many new guys coming in but it's a good icebreaker you know like uh like suzuki yeah. i know he loves the uh, the lasso festival you know yeah says, i'll be going to that also <laughs> well there you go so maybe uh, you'll be part of the welcoming committee mm-hmm. committee for some of the new players because i feel like that would be a great team bonding thing hey you know uh me and a couple of the guys were we're really into country music why don't you come out with us to the uh to the festival mm-hmm. and we got the experience will be well taken care of so don't worry about having to bump into anyone i feel like that it, would be good for some of the players it would go the nhlpa uh, website did a story on newark is in town playing in that three-on-three tournament that uh, was going on and he was talking about how he couldn't believe how many of the players on the canes had reached out to him on social media or whatnot just to say hi and welcome to montreal and i think we spoke about this on previous uh, podcasts this is sort of Part of Kent Hughes' master plan is getting all these guys who are around the same age group, 21, 22, 23, 24, and having them grow up together on and off the ice. And this is just another example of it, of Newhook being welcomed by all these guys coming into the city, uh, start looking around to find a place to live, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, once they start skating together in Brossard, just getting to know the guys, getting to know the Brossard practice facility a little better, getting to know some nice restaurants to go to, all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, as I've said before, the – it's, it's sort of like a brotherhood that this Canadian team is becoming with all these guys around the same age group. And he's a, I think he's a good addition to it. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, what 
what's the what's to come from this from this player specifically, Alex Newhook? Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest. Uh, when the Canadians got him, didn't know much about him, mm-hmm. and don't know much about him I, I haven't looked at any of his i haven't done any of my own scouting i haven't read much about him but you know the, it uh, what i'm from what i'm reading purely is just this is another kirby doc reclamation project 2.0 this guy was drafted one slot ahead of cole caulfield mm-hmm. so that there's talent there and he's just uh, another very very young forward you know 22 years old that was uh I don't want to say given up on by the Colorado Avalanche, but it's just, you know, he couldn't crack the roster. He was the odd man out. You know, it's going to happen to the Canadians eventually on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to get every opportunity to shine here. I mean, he's going to be in a top six role guaranteed to start the season, at least uh, 16th overall pick. You obviously have talent, right? You don't get picked 16th mm-hmm. overall unless you're a really talented hockey player. And sometimes it was Marty St. Louis said, it's just finding a chair that you fit into with the team. And it was harder to find that chair with Colorado, a veteran team with a lot of experience looking to win the Stanley Cup while the Canadians are still rebuilding. So he's going to have every opportunity here. Marty St. Louis will use him to top six. He'll be on the power play. He'll probably kill penalties. He's going to get tons of ice time. So it's up to him now to make the most of it. A lot of times that's just what it takes. It just takes a, takes a chance and a coach to believe in you. And Kirby Doc's an example of that. And Cole Caulfield is the ultimate example of that. Who you know with Dominic Ducharme, he couldn't do anything, and and all of a sudden Marty St. Louis comes in, and Cole Caulfield starts scoring goals like crazy. And you know, as Marty St. Louis has said, I can't teach Cole Caulfield how to score goals, but I can help him get him pos- into better positions where he can score goals. And I think that's something that's going to happen also with Alex Newhook. I mean, he, you know, when he played in the BC Junior Hockey League, uh, he put up some incredible numbers, was the league MVP, uh, led the league in scoring. He went there instead of major junior because he wanted to keep his NCAA eligibility. But he's a, you know, he's a kid. He left home at 14. Uh, the hockey, the caliber of hockey in Newfoundland just wasn't good enough for you to go elsewhere. So he's, that, that makes him mature pretty quickly when you leave home uh, that young. Uh, he went and played at St. Mary's College just outside of Toronto and uh, you know, then played in the NCAA. But he's, he's I, I think it's, it's, it's sort of this team is a perfect fit for a young guy like him, the same way it was for Kirby Doc. And I think Marty St. Louis is the perfect coach for these guys. He's going to come here. He's going to have less pressure on him as far as, be playing afraid to make mistakes. He's going to be Marty St. Louis will let him make mistakes and learn from them. And as I said earlier, he's going to be around a bunch of guys around the same age, similar interests, similar points in their lives. Um, I think it's a really good fit for him. You know, and what just here's another nugget of information that I actually had forgotten to mention when the Canadians had acquired him. Now I'm not an insider. I just have a friend who used to be an intern in the hockey operations department of the Canadians. He had a little more experience than uh, what they were looking for. He was actually overqualified for the job. So they actually gave him a pretty important job. This was the year that, uh, that Cole Caulfield was drafted. His job was to take from the top 30 prospects based off of the Canadians draft board put together highlight packages for the front office staff uh, that didn't have time to, to scout these players to uh, to look at. Obviously they they were not expecting to be dra- to be drafting Cole Caulfield. That he told me uh, straight up. But what yeah. he did tell me was when I said I go I know you can't tell me much, but who are players that you know are looking to fall in this realm? Like give me like five that like the Canadians, you know, would be excited to get. And one of the players he mentioned was Alex Newhook. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Like he has the, the Canadians were already looking at him, be it it was a different regime, but he was already on their radar in the draft year. And, uh, you know, th- this again, I 
I'm, I'm all for these reclamation projects. The problem with them is that we have short memories. So we remember, we remember Kirby Doc. Now, my fear is now is that, you know, is it fair to expect the same level of, you know, production? I don't want to say dominance, but, you know, Kirby Doc did look dominant at times on the ice. Like, is that... Is that now the benchmark, the baseline for for these reclamation projects to be coming to the Canadians? Well, I mean, you know, it's like a reclamation product. His kid's twenty two years old too. I think people forget mm, that. Yeah. He's, he's not, it's not like he's some Jonathan Drouin, some twenty eight year old guy coming or twenty seven year old guy going on a new team. He's twenty two years old. He scored fourteen goals last season in a limited role with the with Colorado. So I mean, it's not outrageous to think he might be able to score 20 this season with the Canadians if he gets power play time and he gets more time and playing in a top six uh, role. So Marty St. Louis, every player that comes here and progresses the way they have is sort of another feather in St. Louis cap. So, you know, Cole Caulfield, as I said, was number one, Kirby Doc, number two. Uh, There's other players that he's helped along uh, that have come in and played, played good roles. Uh, he's helped Nick Suzuki along. Um, and I don't see any reason why he won't help Alex Newhook. I think Marty St. Louis is such a, he sees the game. I mean, Josh, I'm going to speak with Josh Anderson about him and Joel Edmondson. So you got a forward and a defenseman. They're both talking about just how Marty sees the game so differently. Like he, he sees things that these guys don't see as far as teaching. You know, Josh Anderson was a player who was up and down his wing as fast as he could go hard to the net. And Marty St. Louis taught him to add more to his game to sort of delay. He says he doesn't need to be going 100 miles an hour all the time. Sometimes that doesn't help you. You need to learn how to slow down and find holes and get open and change pace of speed. And these are all the things that Marty St. Louis is. And Marty St. Louis' strongest uh, strongest thing he has as a coach is his ability to communicate. I remember yeah. asking at one point, uh, St. Louis, you know, what, where do you rank communication as far as top skills for a coach? And he said, number one. And that's what it is. And especially when you're dealing with these young guys, he's able to communicate with these guys and explain to them what he wants them to do without hitting them over the head, without screaming and yelling like old school type coaches might have done. And the guys are really listen to him and they really appreciate him. He's got that instant credibility from his Hall of Fame career, but he just he sees the game differently than you know 95% of the players who play in the NHL see it. And he's able to, you know, Wayne Gretzky saw the game differently also. But he wasn't a great coach. He didn't have the ability to communicate to the players what he wanted them to do in the same manner that Marty St. Louis does. And, uh, and that's something that's really interesting when you talk with the players. And to a man, they all, they all say the same thing. And uh, how, how, much they, you know, how much he helps them just see the game differently. And, and uh, as I said, I'm sure he'll be able to do that with Alex Newhook. Uh, you know what? Let, let's, let's dive in a little bit on Martin St. Louis because I, I, I just find this whole – story fascinating i find the honeymoon phase fascinating because you know we could only we can only judge what's there right when what has been done and but to me it just it feels like you know i what i really want to see and unfortunately we're still about you know maybe two three years away from this is like what what happens when they really need to like they need to make that push for the playoffs. They need to get into the playoffs and then they need to start winning games. Cause right now it's all fun and games, you know, just don't make, don't make mistakes. If you make a mistake, don't worry about it. Just don't make it again. We're going to teach you about it. Like when does that leash get shorter? Because, you know, I could, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead of the future, but I could see a situation kind of like Toronto where, you know, with Keith, you know, the biggest thing that we were hearing is that the inmates were running the prison. 
you know, and I feel like that's kind of, I'm just getting hints of that with Martin St. Louis with the way he's being described as a leader because we've, I mean, he didn't have many reasons to get mad last year. We've seen mm-hmm. it happen maybe once or twice, but I just, I'm curious to see how the players would respond to that when like the rubber meets the road and they really mm-hmm. need to get down to business and, and start winning games consistently. Well, the leash is going to get shorter each season. Kent Hughes spoke about that. I can't, I think it was at the mid season mark last season where he spoke. It was either mid season or at the end of the season. And he was saying, you know, the pressure is going to get higher each season and different people react to pressure differently. Some handle it well, some don't. And we're going to see that as this rebuild goes forward. Some players will respond to the added pressure and, and some players won't. So the leash will get tighter. And I think we're a couple of years away. I mean, this year, you know, Ken Hughes said that they're, they'd like to make the playoffs this year, which, you know, last season the playoffs weren't even in their, their thought. Of, you know, it was all about where they were going to draft. Um, so they're a couple of years away, I think, from being where the pressure will be you know, this team should make the playoffs. And if you're in year three, year four of, of a rebuild, you should be starting to see results. And, the, you know, the fact all the injuries last year that they had, the Canes had a pretty, you know, not good improvement in the standings point-wise from the previous season, when they also had a lot of injuries. So the thing I'd like to see is the Canadians stay healthy this season so we can get a better judgment of just where they're going uh, with this group. And the thing is, as I mentioned before, you know, as the pressure is going to get more each season, you're going to have these guys who will come up with Marty St. Louis all around the same age group. And they're going to realize, I'm, I'm sure, as I mentioned, one of his best things is communication skills. And I'm sure when he's telling, he's telling them like, we're accepting these mistakes now, but as a couple of years from now, they're not yeah. going to be acceptable. So that's why we're letting you do them now. We want you to play. We want you to have your skills, but we're going to, you no, know, he's going to start tightening the leash on the players as far as what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. And at one point, now we're talking about Alex Newick playing with the Colorado Avalanche, and they don't accept mistakes there because that's a team that wants to win the Stanley Cup. So when the Canes get to that point, that's when, you know, it won't be, you'll come back to the bench, it won't be okay, don't worry about it, just go back out and play. But these guys will have had two or three seasons playing with the freedom to realize what they can and can't do in the NHL. And I think that's a huge thing, just realize. You now I think guys, a lot of times, all these guys are – every guy in the NHL is a talented player and was a highly skilled player when they were a kid and best player on their team, et cetera. But the NHL is so fast. And just learning what what your skill level will allow you to do and not allow you to do in the NHL, and I think that's a huge learning process for guys learning, okay, I can do this, but I can't do that. But he wants them to push the limit of their skill level and do as much as they possibly can. And then guys will realize at what point, okay, I can't try the – behind the back pass or I can't try this yeah. or I can't do that and they'll find a comfort zone where they're they can play at an elite level but also realize the plays they can't do as well as the plays they can do <laughs> excuse me uh, another foundation that I think is you know what to the positives of being two three years away just got me thinking word that triggered it was you know behind the back pass <laughs> excuse me again um, is that now's the time where they can build that chemistry and they could try those you know mm-hmm. no look passes to find those guys because i kind of think of it in terms of a sense of like of like an offensive line in the nfl like like i think obviously in terms of Bengals, just to draw it out easily for non-football fans is that the Bengals last season created a new offensive line it was a problem two years prior last year then they said okay we got to get this fixed they brought in a whole whole new unit first game they go out there and, you know, this is a team that's supposed to be contending for a Super Bowl after the year that they made it there. And they gave up six sacks. And, you know, Joe Burrow most uh, sacked quarterback through three games of the NFL season last year. 
And then it started to gel. This is the time where like they have years to create this chemistry. So hopefully like when, when the time comes to take that, you know, that big fit, go for that big ticket free agent or that new rookie on the blue line comes up, be it Reinbacher, Mayu, whoever it may be, you know, they just, they can come right into the system. They don't, they're not trying to figure out everything as a unit. Oh, who works with who? It's just we know where we could slot him. He's right in there. This is how you're going to work. This is what to expect. And it can be a really smooth transition. So I feel like this is a, a pretty important year in terms of like ironing out those fine details of chemistry and finding out, you know, a part of the core who's going to play together. Yeah. Just going back to what I was saying before too, about, you know, knowing what you can and what you can't do. Speak with Michael Pizzetta near the end of last season, and he said, you know, before Marty St. Louis was a coach, when he would get called up to play for the Canadians, he was basically told, get it over the red line, dump it in, chase it. That's They didn't want him doing anything more than that. That was it, dump it in, chase it. And then with Marty St. Louis as coach, he started doing the same thing, and Marty St. Louis pulling him aside said, I don't want you to just dump it in and chase it. I want you, when you have time to make a play, to make a play. But he's obviously not going to have Michael Pizzetta give him the f- same freedom to make plays once we advance in this rebuild as he's going to give Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, etc. But he wants him to play a fast skating style of hockey. And he wants guys not to be able to be, not to be afraid to make plays. And, and the Canes want to play an entertaining style of hockey. I mean, Canadians fans have got so many years where it was just a boring brand of hockey. He wants to open it up a little bit. And that even goes for the fourth liners for a guy like Pizzetta. I don't just want you to get over the red line and dump it in and chase it all the time. There's certain times and that is the right play, but when you have time to make mm-hmm. a play, make a play. And that's uh, he really appreciated because I go back to Michael Pizzetta. All these guys who played junior had offensive skills, and so he's learning also what, what his what he can and can't do in the NHL. And I think that's really important. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how it all progresses. Uh, and you know, I'm just I'm always because of the expectations of you know last year and now this year. I, I it's it's hard not to look forward and to you know project. You know, okay. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm one of those people that's getting impatient, let alone the mm-hmm. all the hundreds and thousands of Canadians fans out there that are like, you know, shaking their fist. Ah, but they're still losing every game like they're not good. OK, yeah, we know they're not good, but it's hard well, not to get excited when they will be good. For Canadians fans, you know, they, I think Canadians fans not only want them to be good, they want them to be entertaining. And, mm-hmm. you know, you pay a lot of money to go to the Bell Center. You want to be entertained. You know, you're not going to win every game and they're trying to. To, to build more of a an entertaining brand of hockey, and that's that's what we've seen the Canes last season. They were fun to watch. You know, and Adam Nicholas is another guy, the director of uh, player development. He's he's playing a key role in, in showing these guys what they can and what they can't do. So moving forward, it's it's they said they want to play a, a fast, exciting brand of hockey, and they're going to reach a point where they also obviously want to win because in Montreal, fans patience the patience has been pretty good so far. Uh, you know, one of the biggest problems with player development with the Canadians for years is probably their number one problem is calling guys up, guys get called up and then get told what Michael Pizzetta was told to do. Just go over the red line, chip it in, you know, start top, top, you know, draft picks that come up, they play on the fourth line, dump it in, chase it. They weren't given the ability to, to show what they can do. And now Marty St. Louis is giving these guys the ability to show what they can do. And I think that's, what's going to pay off as far as development for this team. You go back to Alex Newhook. You know, he's in a, a, an environment in Colorado where there wasn't a lot of uh, – the leash was pretty tight. So now he's going to have more of a leash and he'll be able to, to show more of what he can do and he'll be able to develop his game more because of that. And that's one of the key things this Canadian management team is looking at is player development. And that's the way you develop players, by letting them 
do things, letting them play with the freedom, letting them make mistakes and then learning from their mistakes and learning what they can and can't do. Yeah. And you know, another huge disconnect that there was, was even before the team was in Laval, you know, because now it's obviously much easier to monitor what's Mm -hmm. going on. Um, I wonder, I mean, I don't know if this can all or not. I wonder how much does Adam Nicholas, you know, does he spend time with Laval? Does he have staff in Laval? Does he delegate to the staff in Laval? It's very, very interesting because, you know, last year when they made it to the playoffs, Laval, I'm talking about, you know, mm. they're, they're playing to win. They can't just, you know, yeah. throw out uh, all the, the hot shot prospects that are tra- that are out there you know, on the roster. You know, like I got to put my best players out there that are going to give me the best chance to win. So I just, I wonder what that, uh, what that working relationship, do you, do you have any insight on? Yeah, I'm sure Nicholas will be going back and forth between Laval and Montreal. And, you know, Rob Ramage, when he spoke with his development camp uh, last month, was talking about how when he first came here, uh, the cupboard was bare, as he said, as Ron Carter, (laughs) there wasn't a lot of prospects. And this is the first time in a long time that the Canadian, like going to Laval, there's going to be a lot of prospects there that, could or should play for the Canadians the next couple of years. It hasn't been that way before. It was just like an AHL team with a bunch of guys there. And there's no real guy that, you know, Caden Primo would be one of the guys that, okay, maybe he's going to play in the NHL, play for the Canadians, but there's not a lot of other guys this year. They're going to have a lot of guys down there. They're probably going to have seven rookies in the lineup. And JF Hool spoke about that at the development camp saying that there's going to be growing pains early in the season because it is a big jump from junior hockey or NCAA to playing professional hockey in the AHL. But again, like we're talking about the Canadians, it's going to be a young group of guys. And he said, like, by Christmas time, he's hoping that they'll, they'll be figuring things out. They'll figure out the league. They'll figure out the style. And JF, well, the other thing he said that was interesting is they want to play the very similar style or the same style in Laval as they're playing in Montreal. So when guys do get called up, it's an easy, easier adjustment for them. But um, Laval is going to be interesting to watch this year. He's going to have a lot of, a lot of young guys with the potential to play for the Canadians the next couple of years there which hasn't been the case for quite a while just because the Canadians development wasn't was, was not good at all. And now with all the, the, the dry, the cupboard's not bare anymore. They've got a lot of prospects and a lot all of them obviously aren't going to make it, but uh, I think Laval is going to be a really fun team to watch this season. And it'll be interesting to watch because they're going <laughs> to, as we'll say, they're going to have some growing pains earlier in the season, but again, you're going to have these seven rookies or whatever coming together and, and, and growing on and off the ice at, at the same time. I'm just, uh, you know, mind is racing because it's hard not to get excited about hockey. And uh, while while Sar is coming to an end, uh, it's we could all take solace that the uh, hockey season is right around the corner. I know that just means busy season for you. Yeah. Um, but hey, but, but also for fans for fans who haven't gone out to Laval, I mean, it's a real, it's a great arena. It's take oh, the man. metro. I was there during the, the metro. Playoffs. Don't drive if you're going from downtown. The metro is fantastic. The stops right across the street. Uh, and, and it's a great rink, and there's not a bad seat in it. And uh, as I said, it'll be fun to watch Laval Rocket play this season. And it's a lot more – if you want to bring your family, it's a lot more affordable than going to the Bell Center. Oh, yeah. I, I went to a playoff game, uh, the playoff game last year. I think it cost me $35 for, like, a yeah. pretty damn good seat. So mm-hmm. that's uh, – and, and you know what? And there's not a bad they, seat. There really isn't a bad seat at Class uh, Bell. It's uh, every If you're sitting in the last row, it's still a pretty good seat. And the not only that, but also just like the atmosphere in there, it's kind of uh, it's kind of just like a party in there, mm-hmm. and then there happens to be a hockey game going on. Well, yeah, because there's a lot of younger, a lot of younger people there that can't afford to. You know, a lot of families can't afford to take their kids to the game at the Bell Center. A lot of young guys in their twenties or whatever. It's it's, it's they've really it, they've 
set it up really well there in Laval. So it's a fun place to go and it's affordable. Even the concession stands are not cheap. Like no concession stands are cheap, Yeah, but they're not outrageous either. Yeah. You know, speaking of cheap concession, I always get so jealous. I, uh, I see this in Europe all the time. It's, it's one team in Germany, a soccer team where they sell a six pack of pints for, I think it's like 10 euros. Like, yeah. Six pints. You're getting one. For, you're getting one for twelve bucks here. I'm old so, enough to remember when you used to be able to bring your own beer to the Expos games at the Big O. If you can believe that. I can't believe that. that That's there insane. was a time that would have been uh, late seventies, <laughs> early eighties, and I remember we said the Adidas bag with uh, cans of beer. And one time, one of my buddies brought some peanuts, and they made us open the bag, and they let us bring the beer, but you couldn't bring the peanuts in. So think about. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Uh, anyways, Stu, uh, you enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy the week. We will talk to you uh, whenever we talk to you next. Uh, very, very excited for that. So uh, go out there and have yourself a great weekend. All right. Enjoy your vacation. Thank you very much. All right. That's just about it for me. But before Shane, our producer today, kills me, I will remind you to shop all your sports licensed uh, license lifestyle apparel, including hoodies, caps, and tees of your favorite teams from all major leagues at sportsbuffshop.com. Use code SICK10 for 10% off all their items. That's it for me. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm uh, going to go enjoy myself a, a nice cold beer. And uh, that's it for me. Again, we'll catch you next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.